Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Jimmy Palumbo Show. That's right. I'm your host, Jimmy Palumbo, for show number 108 here on the Jimmy Palumbo Show. I cannot believe 108, 108th Street. That's where my father lived off in Corona. I should have done that as a segment. But show number 108, Christifa Gucci, behind the glass here at Shea. He's second week in a row. This is like, you are like, you know, you're Cal Ripken at this point. Yeah, um, man. Um, or I couldn't like, miss you know, today's show because, you know, I sent you a picture this weekend. I did. I did. I had a little event and I met your boy, bro. I met LT. LT's in the house. And I, saw I met LT. He was cool as hell. And I think he might have been a little buzzed because of course. word, was, word is the- that he was at a sports bar in Edison for like three hours prior to him getting to the event. And he was one of the last guys with Otis Anderson and they were cool, bro. I didn't yeah. see Otis. I, I saw Otis Anderson, but he was far away. LT walked right up to us, stopped at our stand, talked to us for a couple minutes. I, yeah. I, I, on my mother, I said, LT, you got to check out episode 56 of the Jimmy Palumbo show. And then reach out to me if you want to be a guest on the podcast. And he starts laughing. And I think he was a little too buzzed to really understand what I was talking about. But I did I did shoot my shot at LT for you. There you go. That's you know what? That's the kind of that's the kind of uh, a co-host that I need here at Shay. LT, of course, uh, you know, I, I I'll make this argument, and it's a great argument because it can't really be proven. He's the greatest NFL player ever. And because like moms and housewives and girlfriends were Oh, 56. They knew where to even watch on the screen. No one really did that. Quarterbacks are quarterbacks. Me and you um, have me and you have had this this conversation. Yes, and a I know times. you say you you go with it's your just big- like the quarterback. It's hard for me to dismiss the quarterback, but when you're outside of the quarterback in a vacuum, I'm not I, it's hard to take a different player other than LT. The only defensive player that I've ever seen that could even come remotely close to Lawrence Taylor with my own eyes was Reggie White. But yeah, even he was a little less versatile. Yeah, he- I mean, listen, Reggie White was great, too. There's a lot of greats, but LT was different. And here's the crazy thing, and Giant fans won't admit this, but I will because I was a kid and I was into this crap. You got to remember, George Ro- They had George Rogers went first. Now, he was a pretty good back with the Saints. Very good, actually. Um, the Giants hadn't had a running back in, like, ever. Okay? The one position they needed was a running back. And back then... This is when a running back was important. And they took Rodgers and the Giants got LT. And it was rumors that they were going to take LT. But he was not this, like, no doubt. Again, no ESPN. They didn't have all these guides all over the place. So a lot of Giant fans are like, ah, we the Giants already had the best linebackers in the league. That, to me, is like you have Aaron Rodgers, and then you draft a quarterback, and that quarterback by week one starts over Aaron Rodgers. Like, that's how crazy that is. When you – when you have a chance to become dynamic in one phase of the game, it becomes really tough to beat. And obviously if that, if you're dynamic on defense with LT, I think it worked out well for LT you guys. Was great. The Giants had good line. And LT was a, a hybrid change. The How, game. There's anyway, a bit of line- what was that? Been, uh, been- There's a stud. As Chris Gucci, you're starting to skip a little bit here. We, The technology issues at the Jimmy Palumbo Show. Now, if I was a big company, as Chris is frozen on me there, I don't know if you can hear me, Chris, but if you can, uh, if, if this was a big company, the tech staff at the Jimmy Palumbo Show would be unceremoniously let go. I'm skipping two now. 
Now you're good. No, no, just, you're good now. You're good now. Uh, we're good now here at Shea. The tech staff almost gets fired. Well, listen, we're going to have to just plow through. I've done all my due diligence to fix this. And we're still, you know what it is? I'm trying to be Yankee Stadium and I'm stuck at Shea. That's what it is. It's like, um, you know what happens when, when you, you line up to, at receiver and you look across the field and you know they're going to double team you all day? That's basically what this podcast is going to be. We're, we're up against a double team. Yes, they're going to cover and, us when we don't even have the ball. I feel like I'm watching a giant game and Dave Brown is our quarterback. Okay. Two guys just drove off the road. Uh, or Jerry Goldstein. Three guys just drove. The goal of me, this show, is to mention guys that nobody knows. This is like, I'm like the Dennis Miller of shitty podcasts. Because don't forget, Christopher, I'm coming from downtown Mawa in the shitty kitchen studios. And Chris Gucci's coming from downtown Mawa at the Chop Sports Studios. with the Matawan. Oh, what do I say? Matawan? What did I say? Mawa? Mawa. I said it again. Matawan, that's look at me. I'm not, the technology issues are throwing my game off here. Um, but as you know well, we used to do numbers on the show. And I got something very interesting here. I have this stack of baseball cards that's like this thick, right, in a rubber band. And I just take the top guy off and I go. And there's a few older ones in there. And this one just happens to be an older one from 1971. So we're going way. I was only six years old. But, you know, back then cards, nowadays kids have the current cards and the last years go away. Back then you just kind of gathered more cards. So, like, a card from 71 to 80 would be in the same mix in your shoebox. You know what I mean? It was like, that's how it was. Um, so my guy is a Padre. <laughs> this is so awful. Jerry Morales. Now, first of all, if anybody's listening to this show, you definitely drove off the road there because no one in the world's talking about Jerry Morales. So I thought. Now, Jerry Morales from Puerto Rico played from 69 to 83. This guy was definitely a spokes guy. For two reasons. Number one, he wasn't that good. Number two, he was in San Diego. And dude, back in like 71 to 80 with no ESPN, you didn't hear about the Dodgers, the Giants, the Padres. Maybe a little bit about the Dodgers, but mostly you just didn't get those games. They were on late at night. That sport, You just didn't hear about it. But he played from 69 to 83. He played all three outfield positions. It's kind of cool. He was unique for one thing, and you'll appreciate this, Chris. He had a basket style catch. That was his big thing. And I talked to a couple of older people like, oh, yeah, the basket style guy. So he had, you know, he did that Willie Mays thing where he caught it underneath um, unless he was like running for the ball. But a lazy fly ball, he did basket catch. And I remember as a kid, man, you probably don't since nobody does the basket catch anymore. Um, now I'm hearing that we can't hear you. OK, and I'm supposed to be getting a text from somebody. My, my social media gal is supposed to be all over this. And of course, she's not. I don't know where she is. Um, I can hear you. I can hear you. But Martin Waltzak can't hear me. Uh, I'm looking up the rookies from the 1971. Well, he told me that 71 Blackboarder is a sought after set. I don't have the set. I just have. I wonder what a Jerry Morales 71 card is worth. I, Martin, look that up. Let me know. Um, if you can hear me, because you're saying you can't hear anything, which is very sad to me. I'm all my. You can hear me. I don't know. We're going to go. It doesn't matter. I think it's just on Martin right now at this point because Kyle says he can hear you. Okay. Then we'll have to go with Kyle over, you know, although I hate to go with Kyle over Martin because uh, Martin Waltzak's part of my Patreon and Kyle's not here at Shea from the Omni. 
Anyway, so getting back to Jerry Morales, he played with the Padres, the Cubs, the Cards, the Tigers, the Mets, and back to the Cubs, journeyman. Now, in 1977, for your Yankee fans out there, he was hit by Sparky Lyle uh, by a pitch. Sparky Lyle, another rare thing that happened back then. How many teams, your closer wins the Cy Young, and the next year you sign Goose Gossage relegating Lyle just to the seventh or eighth inning? Sparky Lyle was the dominant reliever in the game from like 76 to 77, really three or four years there. And then he wins the Cy Young, and then they bring in Goose Gossage. And like Lyle was like, what the? He was pissed. Uh, You know, it just changed everything. But he got hit by Lyle in 77. It was never the same. Um, Listen, bottom line is he hit 95 home runs. His career batting average, 259, 570 RBIs, 95 home runs, 1,100 hits. Kind of a journeyman. He coached at all the places, Cubs, Dodgers, Expos, Nats, and the St. Lucie, or Port Lucie, whatever he used to call him, St. Lucie Mets. So he's uh, he's still alive. I think he's like 80 years old or something like that. Uh, but here's something really weird. I Googled Jerry Morales, and there was a podcast by these two guys. They have, this is not, it's called, this is not a rebuild. It's about like the Cubs and stuff. And they would, they did podcast number 24. And they opened up their show by saying, this is show number 24, the Jerry Morales show. Now, Christopher, now, somebody is copying the Jimmy Fuller. There's no way someone was doing their podcast with the number equated. So do you know how old it is? Talking about 2023 season coming up with the Cubs. Come on, bro. I'm going to contact the show and rip them just to have some fun. Maybe we'll or get just some- ask them. Be like, hey. Uh, yeah, did you ever listen you a to fan? my show? No, listen, there's been, there's a websites and stuff dedicated to numbers and guys. You know, that's <laughs> course, how we got our information. But not on a podcast number. No way. And certainly no one's doing shitty baseball cards. So Jerry Morales was mentioned on this show. So I'm being copied all over. That's why Jerry Morales has a special part. But he was just a journeyman. So, Christopher, who do you have? So my guy is a um, – he, he played from 1989 to 2000. I try to choose guys that have cool baseball names, right? So 1989 to 2000, he played for nine teams in those 11 seasons. Wow. And the story is um, Jose, while Jose Canseco was one famous home run that he hit off the upper deck side in the field, which is one of those that you know is a bomb. If you hit Wake and Seiko, I stayed up all night watching a Steven Seagal movie marathon on FX and ordered some Ginsu knives from four, sh- four <laughs> ShamWows, and I watched a Jerry Springer Too Hot for TV on VHS. When I woke up, I snorted some horse pill that I got from Geronimo Baroa, and that's my guy, <laughs> the Geronimo Baroa show, and he hit a baseball off the upper deck in left field in Yankee Stadium. So Geronimo Barroa, I think his most famous contribution to baseball was obviously the steroid scandal because he was mentioned by Jason Grimsley, but also that he was supplying Jose Canseco with his with his horse pills. So it's Geronimo Barroa. Geronimo Barroa. And so Jerry Morales, two name. very very unknown, very unknown guys here. Geronimo Barroa. I'm I'm picking him for my team. I know that. All right. Especially if he's got I do like that name. All right, those are two good guys right there. Somebody's driving off the road mentioning people you don't know. Which brings us, Christopher, to Patreon. Now, we you could say I'm in a slump. 
But last week during the show, my boy Louis Vichadomini comes in and took over the Giancarlo Stanton, number 27. And uh, I was thinking <clears throat> that we would get a 28 during the week. A Beasley Reese, Tyrone Wheatley, Girardi, even Al Sparky Lyle. But, you know, listen, it didn't happen yet. Maybe it'll happen during the show. We tend to get, every now and then we get people during the show because, you know, so many people are listening right now, probably two. And, uh, you know, you get this kind of thing, or maybe more on LinkedIn, I don't know. Um, we got to get a number 28. I mean, everybody remembers Tyrone Wheatley. He's a household name. But I will read them off. Alex Stetsena, Mary Eileen Riccardi, Mike DeMosi getting involved, my mom, my cousin Joey, Rob Pastor, Kaposig, back in the 80s, James Kanowitz, a fine young man, can't get in touch with him, did my website. He did it great. Um, and he's got a great podcast, Fletchcast. Go check it out. My nephew, Jimmy Riccardi, who was at opening day. He's young. He lives in, you know, in the city and stuff. He just goes to games all the time like I used to do. My nephew, John Henry Riccardi, who's in Italy right now. My nephew, Eric Palumbo. Michael Caprio, who is re-upping from CornholeLevel.com for another three months here at Shea. But he's in Aruba with his family. And uh, it's quite okay if I call him a complete jerk-off. And he's my second second baseman. And he's a sponsor of the show. I tend to rip on my, the, my sponsors. I love doing that. Good friend of mine. Uh, my brother, Frank Palumbo. Daryl Clark, LSU. He's got something to celebrate there, but it's not as big as the other stuff. Uh, Greg Casalino, Colonia boy. Mike Shecky. Oh, my God. The Dolphins stink. Lawler. Dave Ben, of course, 16 years. Pat Volkmer, who is always in the news at Job Sports. I, he consistently posts on that board. And he posts some wild, funny things, but he also comments on his own post. It's classic. He's out of his mind. He's a good friend of mine. He loves uh, he loves talking about all kinds of things. I wish someday you can go to a bar with him, man, and you talk sports. You'll be you won't you'll be there for five hours. I mean, like for as for as much as uh, he rubs people, I think it's all for the for the good of the the group. And I guarantee you that ninety percent of the people that he's that he's button heads with. In, you know, it's in jest because I don't think anybody yeah, actually course. gives a shit. Yeah, um, he has course, like man. more in common with these people than you could even imagine. Me specifically, I know that he's into cards and memorabilia, right? Yeah, he knows all about a little bit. He's so, yeah. one of those guys who knows a little bit. He, he's he's, into, he, he, he puts good is? trivia questions up there too. When Pat Volkmer knows something, he gets passionate about it. If, in other words, if he gets new tires for his car, right, on a Monday, on Tuesday, if you meet him out at the bar, he will be like, talking about rubber and the tire industry. It's like he's intense. I got to get him to look up some Packer stuff so we can have some fun with you. Pat Volkmer. Then we got Martin Walsack, who sadly had to leave the chat room because he can't hear me, which I, I don't even know if anybody can hear me, but I'll just talk to you, Chris. Um, Michael Deej, Alphonse getting involved. Janine Michaud of Absolute Eyewear fame. Robin Achani coming in at 21. John Henry Palumbo, my cousin. Over there at Sikorsky, Greg Alperin helping me produce Beer League, the series. More on that later. My nephew, Bobby Palumbo. My nephew, Tommy Palumbo. A guy I don't even know. Tyson Hogan here at Shea. Um, I got to send him something. And, of course, 27, Louis Weege, Vichadomini from Colonia, New Jersey. So, take away family in Colonia. I have two uh, Patreon members, but that's okay. It's a rough go there. Now, I got to bring up something else. I read the list there. I'm going to be on a serious note here. And this, some of you who know me, I like to sometimes get a little serious on the show. I did a couple weeks ago. People seem to like it. Um, but there's a GoFundMe page out there. 
It's called Evelyn Strong. Now, it's about this little girl. She's, she's, she's ill. She's struggling. Um, but here's the backstory. Everybody knows, you know, uh, I spent a lot of time on the Jersey Shore. I had a shore house way too long. I mean, I was maybe 18 years, something like that, on the Jersey Shore. I was an aging veteran, you know, still about like 270. Still go the other way, but everybody got younger. I was old. I had nowhere else to go, though. I'd come home from L.A. Summer, I'd summer on the Jersey Shore when people in L.A. thought I was crazy. This before the dopey show Jersey Shore came out. But, of course, uh, one of my favorite bars, I think the best bar on the Jersey Shore, is Leggett's down in Manasquan. I've had a lot of fun in that bar. Maybe DJ's would be a close second. You throw in bar A, and you got like a nice little uh, holy, uh, holy ghost thing going on there. So there was a bartender there named Keith Miser, and we always went right to his section, usually back towards the front of the place and then the right-hand side by the cigarette machine. And we just started busting his balls. And, you know, back in the day, I didn't have much money, but some of the guys I hung out with had cash. We would throw money in a cup, and that would be our cup. And he knew which guys were which. Like, he just knew. Like, he, he, we'd put, like, $200 in a cup to start the night, and he would take it out of that. But every now and then, I don't know how he did it. He just knew who we were. We were, like, nine, ten guys, three or four girls. And I remember, I'll never forget, I was sitting there with a beer in my hand, and some guy sitting to our left, ordered a beer and then pointed at the cup and even like reached over to the cup to try to pay Keith with it. Keith came with his hand over the cup. He was like, you're not in the group. I suggest you get out of here right now. All I got to do is look at a bouncer. You know, the bouncers back then were monsters. All I got to do is look at that guy over there and you'll get tossed out of here. I suggest you leave. And I'm laughing. I'm like, how does he know that? Anyway, we got to know Keith really well. Good guy. Um, but he has a daughter, Evelyn, and, and she's sick. And they're doing a GoFundMe page. What she has is actually, um, I don't know if I blow the diagnosis, it's MPS1, otherwise known as hurlers. She's had the little girls, I don't know, maybe 10 years old. She's had 30 surgeries down in Philly at CHOP. Uh, and uh, she just requires more care. And, uh, you know, money gets tight. And he's doing a GoFundMe page. And I, I usually don't do stuff like this. Um I donate to you know, stuff like this, but I just, so if you can find it in your heart, anybody out there, GoFundMe page, it's Evelyn Strong. And Jimmy, uh, why don't you have your social media girl put it in the link of the YouTube description after the show. She can go in and edit that and then also put it in the description of the podcast will, when it goes I out. Will, I will do that as well. I already posted something on Facebook. I'll try to get something on Instagram and uh, trying to help out a good cause. So that's my serious part of the show. And of course, the entire Jimmy Palumbo show is always sponsored by Absolute Eyewear. That's right. <clears throat> 42 Main Street, Woodbridge, New Jersey, down by the train station. 732-326. Eyes. Oh, the delay, the delay. No, that was so the internet, sad. bro. Oh, that blaming, we're blaming the internet. All right. 732-326. Eyes. How about I do it this way? 72. <coughs> excuse me. 732-326-3937. No, I'm blowing it. I was going to see if you knew the numbers instead of, I can't even do the ad. I've been doing this ad for so long, I suck at it now. But listen, mm -hmm. absolute eyewear, optometrist in Woodbridge, Craig and Johnine Michaud. Craig, the all-time strikeout leader. Johnine's just a cool chick, knows what the hell's going on. They got everything over there, eyeglasses, opticians. You go there, doctors on site. They make an appointment, get your eyes checked. Um, they, they measure you. 
They make sure it's good contacts, glasses for the kids. Um, and they have, of course, in, um, I'm going to try Jim Gordon, Ray Ban, looking coach, Ralph Lauren, Jimmy Chu, Silhouette, Michael Kors, Vogue, Maui, Jim, Costa Del Mar, wide. Um, Ray Ban, coach, Ralph Lauren, Jimmy Chu, for Dave, Silhouette, Michael Kors, Vogue, Maui, Jim, and Costa Del Mar. Also, Charles Oakley leaves his glasses around. They even have Oakley kids. Go check it out. You get $100 off if you mention the Jimmy Palumbo show. Open five days a week. They're closed Wednesdays. Why? That would be because of softball. And they're closed Saturdays. Why? They're not closed Saturdays. It's Sundays. I was trying to cheat you there right there. Catch you. And that would be because of the Giants. For the Giants. Football Giants are on the air. And, of course, the best thing about this place is when you leave there, you don't feel like a jerk-off. I can't think of a better slogan. It's the number one slogan right now on uh, Madison Ave for advertising. It's, it's all over Ad Week. The big headline says, "You how do you, how do you get your company where your customers don't feel like a jerk-off? The Jimmy Plumbo Show will explain it to you. Absolute eyewear getting involved. All right. Now, a couple of things to discuss. Uh, UConn. Now, you're about to abuse me, I'm sure. Uh, hey, look, UConn, uh, I don't recall, and there probably is another team. Not only did UConn win the national championship, and I, I had to write this down. I actually did research. Um, uh, Carlo Bellario getting involved here from the Omni. Big shout-out coming in on my chat board here. Um, listen to me. UConn won the national championship, okay? But I find it amazing. They blew everyone out. I don't think it's ever been done. First round, they win by 24. Second round, 15. Uh, uh, Sweet 16, they win by 23. The eight, they win by 28. Final four, 13. And the championship by 17. The NCAA tournament holds all these wild games. Did he step out of bounds? Three fail, three pointer at the buzzer. UConn is like, and with like eight minutes to go, the announcer's like, wow, UConn doesn't look, you know, it, just complete domination. And now help me with this, Chris. Has any team ever won by this much in the seven I can't, games? not to, not in my recent memory. The, typically, the games have been a little bit closer from what I remember the last couple of years. There's been buzzer beaters to win it or, like, big shots at the end of games. No, UConn, the strongest and, performance that I can remember, but I admittedly am not the biggest college basketball guy, but when I was younger, I was definitely more into it, and I can't remember it anything like this before. And, and you know, and let me tell you something. I know people don't know about San Diego State as much. San Diego State was playing at a very high level, okay? And 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 you can see they were, like, trying to, but, you know, uh, I don't know. Now, my buddy Bob Sheehan saying Villanova did it. I, I don't see them. I don't remember Villanova winning every game by that much. I don't know. Could be wrong. Uh, but anyway, UConn won it. Uh, I got nieces there at UConn. I'm not really a UConn fan. They used to, you know, it's a, they always steal recruits. Steal recruits from Rutgers. They always... Rutgers can't steal recruits from UConn. Let me rephrase that better. Uh, great program. Of course, it's Hurley. I have to read about another Jersey guy having success, and Rutgers didn't make the tournament. We lost to Hofstra. Um, but uh, Martin Waltzak picked UConn to win it. Good call there. So that's that. Um, another thing that annoys my soul, and this is off the topic. I don't know if you heard about this. You guys should be talking about this on your show. There's a big thing with the Paralympics. Have you heard about this? that people are cheating. In other words, they're, they're in the, this to me is worse than the guy, half a girl thing swimming. There's people 
that are in the Paralympics that that are not really disabled as much as they say there are. Now, Chris, I can't think of, I can't think of going to the pearly gates of heaven if you're a disabled guy and you're 80 and God's like, hey, back in 2023, you were in the Olympics. Yeah, yeah, I was. But you know what? Uh, you know, I'm God. I'm in charge of all, all disabilities. You, you had a little, you had a bad foot. That's what you had. And you were in, I find this the most awful story. Uh, now, I'm definitely going to read more into it this week. I'm sure it's on ESPN. Chris, can you think of it? Well, obviously we can. I Don't can't, you think this honestly, is like a top five bad? But I also I also need to hear more about it because I don't I don't know if it's necessarily on the, the person doing it. Like, what what do you qualify for? Who who's qualifying you? Are you faking? Like, okay, the one I read isn't it a doctor? Okay, the one I read about is the guy, the people in the three wheel like wheelchair bikes. He also rides a regular bike. Like to me, <laughs> like to me. That is so. If I'm being honest, now, if he's competing in a wheelchair race and he's not handicapped, he's probably at a disadvantage. Supposedly, there's swimmers. There's there's swimmers. Yeah, but yeah, yes and no. That means because I feel like if you're if that's how you get around constantly, you're you're having advantage there. If you, I don't care what advantage it is. It's it's the Paralympics. It's It's still it's still you're not disabled. I mean, there's, they say there's on the swimmers. Scum level, it's it's pretty high. On the you know, scum I just level. I just find out. Uh, uh, um, uh, I just find that's one of the <clears throat> top five. I'm coughing here. Top five bad news stories, and there's karma for that. Um, and I feel bad for the people who are really disabled, and they're trying to compete at a high level, uh, and there's somebody cheating on that. That's like awful to me. That's like worse than steroids. It's worse than. Pete Rose, it's worse than everything. Are you kidding me? Anyway, I don't know why that aggravates the shit out of me, but it just does. I mean, you're faking your disability. I, I just, um, I, I got nothing to say. There's, there's, a, there's a place for people like you. Um, Yankees playing good ball. Uh, Volpe got in the starting lineup. He looks okay. Some of his bats were okay. He's not really hitting that well yet, but playing decent short. Good, feel good news story. We'll see how that plays out. Now, we have Giancarlo. We're going to do a segment every week called Rizzo versus Giancarlo Stanton. Because if you guys know, uh, I'm going to try to get Rizzo on the show because I think he stinks. I think he'd laugh at my at what, what I try to do on the show. Um, and so I decided to go Rizzo versus Stanton. And I got to be honest with you, Rizzo's ahead. There's no question. But he's ahead. But is he really, Christopher? Because, all right, Giancarlo is three for 16 this week. And Rizzo's four for 12. Okay. Giancarlo has two home runs. Rizzo has one. They both have four RBIs, but Giancarlo's batting 188 and Rizzo's batting 333. Um, I that, so week one, I gotta give I gotta give it to Rizzo. Gotta give it to him. Uh, he played some uh, although he made a terrible error at first base. Did you catch that? I've been telling you yeah, he's not that good at first not, either. Nobody was. Yeah, it's like not but, close. and also now. Well, let me tell you something. Did you see the shot Giancarlo Stanton hit? Yeah, that was like a 500-foot okay. bomb. Now, okay, now if this was a boxing match and I was the judge for Mexico City, I would easily say 117-115 Stanton just based on that bomb. Okay, that, dude, that ball. I've been in Yankee Stadium. You know, that hit an area. No one hits. Did you hear the comments by the players were like, wow, is anybody? Turns out judge, I think, might have hit one up there once. But Yeah, judge uh, hit one like 491 
it actually went over the left field bleachers and landed in the incredible, like, incredible bomb or whatever. But while we're while we're you know doing the Stanton Rizzo thing, which we'll do every week, I'll do it more quickly. It's not a long segment. We got to talk about one of the best hitters in the league this year, and that's our boy Gallo in Minnesota. He is batting three oh eight with three home runs and seven RBIs. But I I will predict he started out the season zero for six. He got hot. He will be out of baseball by August first. That's my call. And you know what happens when you get cut from the Twins. Chris, what happens when you get cut from the Twins? You start, maybe he'll be my co-host. Instead of you or Dave, I'll have, I'll have Gallo come on. He, Put I it this way. Out of base, I don't know no way. what he did last year. What has he done in, in recent years to, to get him a job? I'm confused by it a yeah, little bit. Lowest, but he's the I, worst. hey, he's rewarding them with a good week. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe that you know what? Maybe that one week he might have won a game or two for him at the end of the year, making the playoffs. You could say, "Hey, Gallo won it for us." Uh, I think he's he's the worst hitter I've ever seen in, in recent memory. His batting average is too low, too many strikeouts, doesn't put the ball in play. And everybody says, "Oh, he'll do better with the shift." No, he he doesn't make contact. There's no shift. You know, it could be one on. It could be like uh, you know, uh, what's it, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie Finer and his court king in his court. If he was playing king in his court with the softball with the four players in the field, Rizzo would still. I mean, Gallo would still stink. So anyway, uh, getting to the Knicks, Randall's hurt. Knicks are hanging in there, playing well. What blows my mind is that the Nets haven't really gone away. I give I give credit to that coaching staff. They have a bunch of nobodies on there. They're playing well. The Knicks are only up by them by two and a half games. They can clinch the fifth seed. Their magic number is one. They'll play Cleveland. Um, I don't know how well the Knicks are going to do. Right now, Brunson's doing – he's carrying, the, carrying everything. And, uh, you know, Toppin's playing more, and he's doing really well. So my boy Pat Volkmer says Toppin should be playing more. That's why Thibodeau's not a good coach. I think he's just garbage, garbage time and scoring some points. But maybe there is something to it. Um, I'm not a fan of Toppin. Nick's playing well. Playoffs, I don't know. Nick's can win the first round, but they can also get swept. I don't know. And Randall's hurt. He's supposedly not playing for a while. Uh, Cleveland's we'll good. Yeah, they're good. Nick's played them well, though. Those games are always like shitty close. You know what I mean? Um, so that's about it there. Now, obviously, uh, Iowa LSU. Uh, women's basketball, I don't cover that much, but that girl Clark just was lighting it up. Uh, and uh, she's cocky and rude. But you know what? In the final game, I don't understand why people are mocking any LSU player. When you have your talk, your trash talker, and you get bitch slapped, then you you got to take it, man. You, and hey, I, this I one think, makes it all, all that much better. <laughs> and she'll be back and next I, year. She's a and junior. I think she did take it, but the media didn't take it well. She didn't say anything. She knows it. Um, but she had an incredible run. But more importantly, now again, I'm going to be accused of being sexist here, Shay. I watched the Iowa, was it you know, the LSU or Iowa Miami game? I know I'm boring you, Chris. Did no, you no, no. You were saying you're going to be sexist, so I always be like, oh, 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 you're out of this. No, no. Yeah. Did you see how hot the Miami Hurricane women are? I was like, I was watching a game in Park City, and I'm like, hey. What's going? This is nuts. Turns out they're all like social media stars. They're all, and then I thought, oh, Jimmy, you're being a jerk. You're judging. And then I went on their social media. Some of the players, uh, half naked in all the photographs. So in other words, like it's like you want to play that game. Then a fat fifty-seven year old guy sitting on the couch is going to say you're hot. You can't go. It doesn't go both ways. Now if they were sitting there showing just them hitting layups in their uniform, fine. Then I'm a jerk off. But when your social media 
looks like you know uh, uh, you know the, the early fifties Playboy magazine, then I get to make comments. Um, and yes, the whole nation was rooting for Miami because they just wanted to see another game. Anyway, I'll get in trouble for that, but I don't really care because I'm right. Um, so yeah, maybe this show should be called the Miami Hurricane Girls Are Hot. And of course, this brings us to Cornhole. Christopher, Christopher, Christopher. I was thinking about it. Weather's getting nicer. People are starting to play outdoor cornhole again. And you can't have a crooked cornhole board in today's society. It's embarrassing. It's like having an old jalopy car that has no like has no hood or something like that. You know what I mean? So what do you do? You go to cornholelevel.com. You get yourself a cornhole leveler, which just simply hooks right on the hole here. It should look at me. I'm even demonstrating it. You move it around till you get it right. Put the slats underneath. Get yourself ready to go. And you have a perfectly legal, 100% USDA, US cornhole, USCHALLAL is probably one of those societies. USDA. Uh, yeah, USDA. Uh, NFLP Players Association, uh, ACLU design perfect, perfect angles on your cornhole board. Go to cornholelevel.com. You get 20% off an order if you mention JP Show, JP Show, and get yourself a dollar 85 off. Perfect gift to bring to a barbecue to bust your friend's balls. Uh, of course, I, I, I played about two weeks ago. I only played for 10 minutes, so I'm only ranked like 45 right now. I'm hoping if I play another half hour between now and Labor Day, I maybe I'll be ranked eighth. Uh, you know, and I know you believe in that, Chris. Um, it's the uh, same thing with pickleball, and uh, which we'll get to more later. Or maybe we'll get to it right now. I don't know. But go check it out, cornholelevel.com. And uh, that's how that goes. My boy, Caprio, who's in uh, Aruba right now, just re-upped. All right, now. Dude, I had two big auditions this week. I I did really well on one of them. Didn't hear things, so I struck out. And I'm at the point in my in my career now where <clears throat> doing well, playing well in the games, it's not the you know, this isn't we're not playing grenades here. It's did the ball go over the 298 sign, or did you hit a ball 406 feet up against the 410 sign? It's an out. It, it, it's just the way it is. Um, but the the second audition, man, I was struggling. I had. I don't know why I'm going to talk about this. It, you know, actors never say when they suck. Uh, there was a lot of dialogue. It was wordy. It was like, I, 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 I prepped. I prepped. I had my boy Dave come in and help me out. And I just could I, I was like, you know, I was like, I'm not getting this. So I had actually do the old school with the script in front of me and do the self-tape the old way. Um, but I was like, ah. Now, I might have done fine. This might be me being hard on me. Either way, 0 for 2. And I'm like, damn, I got to start hitting some home runs here. Otherwise, I'm in the longest slump of my career. You know, this is like getting worse than Patreon right here, Shay. Um, dude, I got to turn this around somehow. Now, you know, I do have a big audition later on this afternoon. And I'm going to try something different. I'm actually going to uh, try to act. No, uh, I'm going to go to this place in Closter, New Jersey where they record, they, they you, you pay like $50 and they record you. I'm going to try doing it that way just to break up. Nothing against my boy Dave. He helps me out a lot. My auditions always look nice, but I got to completely, uh, uh, I got to do something. I got to mix it up. I got to, you know, 
you know, when you when you're you know, the NFL, when you're one and five, quarterback's gone. You know, unless he's like a, a star. I got I got to get some. I got to get another body in there. I got to I got to yank the pitcher out of the game. We got to mix it up. So I'm gonna go down there to this place. We'll see how well I'll do. It's for uh, it's for a movie, uh, but the movie shoots in the Canary Islands. I admit, do you know where the Canary Islands are? I didn't know. I didn't know why. They're like, I know where the Canary. I could guess. I'll say that the Canary Islands are on a coast off of France. Close. It's kind of off the coast of like south of Spain, off of Africa. You know, one of those islands there that I never, you know, would never go. Northern, it's probably Northern beautiful. Africa, Mediterranean, that area. North Africa, North yeah. Africa, which means I'll, there'll be a lot of Italians there. And uh, that joke is funny. Only if you study history. Um, but uh, I have no idea. It would be fun to book, but I, I know it is. I, I, I got to have at least a good at bat, you know, even if I hit one to the wall for an out. But, you know, lately I feel like I'm hitting dribblers. Um, I've been booking work, you know, for 33 years. And it's not like baseball where you lose your swing, but maybe it is. Uh, I don't know. Palumbo is desperate for a deep three-pointer to turn this thing around. Um, so, and that brings me to pickleball. Now, I had some fun Friday, Friday night. I went to a pickleball birth 50th birthday party where you play. We surprise them. You play pickleball. Uh, hey, Susan Rawls. Hey, from Texas. I don't know who you are, Susan Rawls, but God bless America. Uh, good to have you aboard here on the Jimmy Palumbo Show. Uh, uh, I don't know who you I should. Maybe I do know who you are. You know what a lot of women do on social media? Their name is Susan, and their last name is not how you know them from high school or college. And they don't, they've been married since like, you know, since they're eight years old. They don't, they don't even care about their maiden name. And how the hell do I know who you are? So Susan Rawls, if I know who you are, text it in and then I'll laugh. <coughs> right now, I think you're like Lou Rawls' daughter or something. <laughs> That's a great joke. Somebody definitely just drove, my boy Vin Diddy just drove off the road. Um, anyway, so I went to one of these pickleball things and dude, I was in a pissy mood, bro. Uh, I was uh, just in a bad mood for a bunch of reasons. And uh, I, uh, I, a couple of guys were busting my balls from the better men. And I was like, I was like, you know what? I am going to seek and destroy every male opponent. I was like Jordan in the finals, man, dude. I smoked all the good players and I had some cool uh, female partners. I had Cheryl and my friend, Jeremy won't say their last names because maybe they don't want me to. They played good, very good, but dude, I was on. I was trash talking, dropping the paddle, waving to crowds that weren't there, got in everybody's head, abused them. My fat, sweaty ass dominated all play. Then, of course, I had four pieces of birthday cake. I had all kinds of food and three beers. Mm -hmm. So, uh, fat boys, uh, you know, are uh, are back at. Well, at least in this in this instance, you earned it. You I earned, I was angry. Slices of cake, you fat. And you know. Fuck. I should have probably talked to you about this before the show. A couple of things happened. How can I word this without? People told me not to mention it, but I feel like I got to mention it a little bit. Maybe I'll I'll mention it and you, you can maybe shut me down. I had a, a business relationship uh, kind of go sour. Uh, and I was, I was uh, unjustly, uh, not accused of anything, but uh, my performance was unjust. It was an unfair performance report. And I don't usually say stuff like that. And I, I, uh, uh, words were exchanged 
um, I feel, uh, I know I'm right. Uh, people that know me, I stand by my integrity. I stand by my morals. I can bust balls with the best of them. But I, when someone's, in other words, if someone says to you, hey, you know, you're batting 210, but you're really batting 285, I have a problem with that. Uh, there's no other way. To, now, I'm not going to mention his name uh, uh, or, or, or the name of the bar in Mawa, but I, that limits it for a few, but still. And then I'm saying to myself, I really wanted to go on the air and like, like this is a podcast, right? I'm thinking like in the Howard Stern world, he would have went off. But then Howard Stern always said, said it to Artie all the time. If the other person can't come on to say I was batting 210, then it's unfair. And, but uh, I'm, I was angry over it. You know, um, this, uh, I have no, you know, I lost respect for this person. He was a, a friend of mine. Um, I lost a lot of respect for him. Um, and I don't, I, I don't know. Do you agree with how I'm wording this? I'm wording it without mentioning. So far, anything. so good. So far, so good. I feel you like know, the people that know know, um, and the people that don't know won't know. Won't know, right? But man, because uh, I, I don't know, and I'm, yeah. I, I could sit here. I'm, I don't know. No, I know, and I, it's just something that you know. Uh, sometimes in life, you don't. Want, I get the whole thing. You don't want to hear the truth sometimes, uh, but when the truth is off, and you don't, and somebody backs up other people that are speaking badly about you, uh, that is, uh, or, or they're covering from, for, from their faults. Not that they spoke bad about me, but you know, when you're, it'd be like me, uh, catching shit for this podcast and say, well, it's Chris's fault, that kind of thing, which yeah. a lot of times it is your fault, but still, um, uh, we can always blame Dave. He's not here. Um, uh, but no, it's one of those things. And then I'm saying myself, I'm my own podcast. I can't like, and people say, Jimmy, you know, you got to always you know, say exactly what's on your mind. Say exactly what's going on in your life. That's what makes the show funny. And I'm like, you know what? <clears throat> I don't feel like talking about certain things in my personal life. So does sometimes I do. Does does this person have a platform of his own or is this just? No, no. Oh, so then... But he, he makes comments on, on Facebook uh, that uh, about his business that uh, sometimes I don't agree with, but what am I going to do? Get into a battle online? It's not worth it. I got to move on. And I have moved on, I assure you. But I really wanted to come on and be like, so I decided to talk about the subject of when you feel something unjust has happened to you, either, uh, and it's more of a place of business. This is not personal. If it's something in your family, I think you got to be careful. Like if your mother or sister does something stupid and you go on the air and rip on them, that's not really fair. It's family. That's personal. But it's like a, when it's a business situation, uh, you know, that can be uh, iffy there. So I guess I guess uh, I'm handling it. Um, I'm, I'm towing the line. Uh, had to bring it up. Uh, and, yeah, I'm still pissed off. But, you know, we move on. And uh, that's what happens. You move on from people that you just don't want in your life. That's how it works. Uh, that's what all the good therapists say anyway. Uh, so that's that on that side. Um, which brings us to Christopher, something you'll be interested in chasing miracles.com. Now they are also re-upping. So Caprio uh, at uh, cornhole and chasing mirror re-upping the sponsorship here at Shay. Um, they're moving. They, they're they're They have two products. They have, of course, the uh, hydration water packs, and they also have these phototherapy patches. Have you heard about this? A lot of athletes been using them. It's one of those patches thing and absorbs oh, stuff yeah, in yep, your yep. system. And, I've uh, heard about those things for like hangovers. Right. People swear by these things. Uh, I'm definitely going to have her send me some uh, some samples. I'll try to get some to you as well. 
they're going to send me a lot more information. All I know is it boosts vitality, health, and wellness. There's more on it. They didn't get a chance to send me. Yeah, it sounds similar to this. There's something that um, I don't forget. I forget how I know the guy, but he used to, whenever he drank, I, w- I worked with him at a bar. How about that? That's where I know him. Right. And he would come in on Saturdays or Sunday mornings, and he'd always have this little patch on. I'd be like, what's that? He'd be like, oh, this is my vitamins. And I thought there was like some type of substance abuse issues but then i actually found out that it was like a vitamin thing for his hangover right basically like uh you take one before you go on a plane it boosts your immune system i'm gonna i'll learn more about it but go to it's it's interesting um chasing miracles.com and speaking of health now my daughter uh we started putting her on some vitamins right so what did i do i actually went to the store i can't be going to talk about this i went to the store and i bought the the regular good vitamins like adult vitamins, which she's fourteen now, you can give it to her. But I bought the Flintstone chewables, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, my daughter's gonna love these." I remember eating these things like chiclets, right? I gave one to my daughter. She was like spitting it out. These are gross. Who could ever blah blah blah? So of course, I got. I, I can't wait to do my I, next. I probably would sneak Flintstones vitamins like more than I should have. Right, you're like OD on them. I I've been taking every day now for the last three weeks Flintstone. Chewable vitamins. I said to myself, you know what? I'm going to do this until my next blood work, and I'll laugh my ass off if there's any chance. I don't know if I can, because I don't even know if vitamins work. Most of them don't. But I'm going to laugh if if somehow Jimmy Palumbo on Flintstone vitamins, <laughs> blood work gets better on some kind of iron or magnesium, whatever the hell's in there. I didn't even look at the back of the bottle. It probably has nothing in those things. They're like candies. But I still remember the taste as a kid. And anybody out there, there was two tastes that if I'm on my deathbed and you give me a Flintstone vitamin or you remember those St. Joseph's uh, aspirins, those like, yeah, those orange ones your mom used to give you. I know you're I'm going. I back. do remember them because my grandmother was 85 when I was born. So right. trust me, all the old school stuff. I'm, you know, right. I'm, and I'm and I, the taste of that to me, it tastes like the cold. I don't remember I, the taste of them. I the remember taste them. is like, you know what it's like? The Kohler's ice cream on the Jersey Shore, the orange and the vanilla. You know what I'm talking about? It, that's what it tastes like. I used to like well, what sneak about, them. What about the pink I, I, would, I would chew on them all the time when I was a pink kid. Medicine. What is it that you had to leave in the fridge? Oh, Pepto Bismol? No, it, it was like a prescription. I think it's a no, moxicillin, we, but like we never kids. had that. It tasted like bubble gum. The only thing I remember that when you when you cut yourself, there was two, there was two death walks. Okay. One of them was the easy one. That was the Mercurocomb. And that, like, you came with this little brush. I'm talking about when I was 10. I'm talking about 1975 here. You kind of brushed that on your cut. Didn't hurt at all. Like hydrogen peroxide, no pain. The other one, though, my dad had was the iodine bottle. It was smaller. And the minute you, because he used to cut himself, he's a carpenter. So when he cut so himself. So that's like nail, a World War One remedy. Yes. When you put this thing on, the pain, I would scream and run away. I think, oh, my God. Look at Martin Walsack. That was exactly the red stuff. That's right. I don't remember. As a kid, the iodine was like, it, in my mind, my dad was cutting my arm off. That was the pain. Uh, and he would do it sometimes. You know, they're I, still using that for surgery. And, I know, and listen, wounds I, and stuff. They're still using that. I, I, I will, I'll tell you another story about my dad. I think it's hysterical. Now, obviously, he was a carpenter. He used to get splinters all the time, right? So I'd be working on a job, and he would grab a piece of wood, and he'd be like, ah, damn it, you know? And he, I look over, and 
I would see this splinter in his finger. Okay. That if it happened to me, I'd be like, call 911. Dad, I'm going to die. It's in my, it's in my esophagus now. And my dad used to pull it out and move on, blah, blah, blah. But a couple of times, my dad would actually come home from work. Okay. And he'd be like, ah, I got, I got, I got a bad splinter now. When he said I got a bad splinter, I was like, is, is it like lodged? up your ass coming out of your throat. Like what, what, when my father says I got a bad splinter, he would take a pin, like a pin that my mother used for sewing. I can't believe I'm telling this story. Maybe it's boring as hell for people. <laughs> he would turn the gas on. <laughs> so this was his little house on the prairie way of, of disinfecting the blade. Hold Bro, it this over. is still how, if, if my mother takes a splinter out, this is still how she does it. Okay. She, he would hold it over the, the blue flame, get it hot. Sterilize and then, it. And sterilize it. Right. Well, one time, a couple of times, my dad would start digging out this splinter. And, dude, it was like an episode of the Waltons. I, it was bleeding. He was digging his out. Then he would pull out this, this, this two by ten out of his finger. And he'd be like, oh, man, that one. And he would look at me, run his hand under the water, go, yeah, that one really got me. And I was like, Dad, I would be at Rollway Hospital dead at that point if I had something like that. I don't know if people can relate to their their, their dads with – when you know your dad was in pain, the other other time I saw my dad was I can't believe I don't know what I'm talking about this for. It's funny to me. He pulled out chicken out of a tray and had like oil in it with peppers and sausage and chicken and all this stuff. And I guess it, it it tilted in his hand and the hot oil ran down his hand. Okay. And I heard him scream, and I was like, all I saw was like white skin melting, and he put it under the Hot and cold water right away. And I was like, again, I was like, Dad, you're right. He's like, oh, he went, all he did was go. And I, I realized and my dad was not like a tough football player kind of guy. He was a tough little bastard, though, a little giddy, him and his twin brother. But I was like, oh my God, if I if I poured hot oil on me, like I'm in an episode of Spartacus, I would be shitting. I would have, I would have passed out, been dead. The older generation, they were built better. I, they're, they're like Ford and Chevy trucks from the fifties. They're just built better, stronger. They're not, there was no, uh, uh, what's, what's the word? Emancip, emancip, man, what's that word? Emancipation. Uh, without, I'm, I'm sorry, um, the way are the men are in society today. We're all a bunch of wussies compared to, you know, emasculating, masculine, emasculating. Uh, they were men. They made, they made quick wrong decisions about their family. They made the call. Uh, you know, every dad looked like Earl Weaver, and uh, now we all, we all look like Aaron Boone. That's a funny joke. Um, and uh, but yeah, I don't know what I, I just went on a tangent on this. I find it funny as so. hell. But while I'm on a tangent, you might as well go down to the Pine Tar Bar and Grill, uh, 121 South Main Street, Fork and River, New Jersey, the best sports bar in New Jersey. Awesome food, which counts for something. Seven billion TVs. He's got every game on uh, that imaginable. My buddy Tommy Plinio owns the place. Go check it out. Pintarbargrill.com. They got everything over there. They got even cornhole outside. They got outdoor bars and girls working. Everybody's pretty in there. It's it's a great place. Have fun. Go check it out. Also, my friend Lisa Ruane, she's a therapist. 201-725-1251. Give her a call. She's good people. She was in my shore house. She knows uh, the bartender at Leggett's as well. And uh, I think she liked his buddy. There was another guy bartender that Lisa liked. I remember that, Lisa, if you're listening. Um, she's a certified therapist and hypnotherapy and all that stuff. Give her a call. She's good people. She'll talk you through things. And that's what you need to do here in life at Shea. 
That being said, now at the end of the show, Chris, and we're going to have a shorter show here. I always talk about which shows I'm streaming, you know, listening, watching, binging, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Ted Lasso, fan of the show. I think this app this year is boring. It 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 it, it was so I much better. Get past the first season, and I and I love Jason Sudeikis. I just couldn't uh, do it, bro. Well, I I know I love the listen. I love all the seasons up to this year. The Indian guy who's now coaching the other team. It's it's it seems pathetic to me. Uh, Jason Sudeikis character uh, Ted Lasso is just. Like he's just like he's he's just a wuss this year. I mean, maybe like, turn- to me the show is very cookie cutter, <laughs> and it's like um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, he's still funny. I think it's in it, the soccer it, element that I can't get through because I just yeah, don't know anything. I, I'm a fan of the show, but I think this year it jumped the shark. The other show that I'm tired of watching, uh, that I'm like, well, why am I watching this? Uh, Succession. I'm a big fan of this show, and for some reason it seems like. About a what bunch of season are one, they on? Uh, three, two or three? No, usually three. good shows like they only have a good two, three seasons, and then that's it's that's what I say. I think that that show jumped the shark. It's about a bunch of whiny rich kids that are billionaires, and their father who's a prick. But you know, every billionaire father's a prick. We know that. <laughs> I just I think I've seen like you. You told me to watch this show. I started it, but just like everything else, I don't even think it was a bad show. I was, I was actually kind of interested in it, but. It just got away from me a little bit. It's going on too long. The plot points stretch uh, out. I finally got that done. I didn't see the last two, so don't say a thing. But What show is this? Last of Us. Oh, uh, that one's a great one. But we'll see where it goes. I'm getting there. I like the the actor. The first first episode, to me, the first half hour, I was like, what is everyone talking about? But you have to get through the pilot, the character introduction. You go, now you go. Now you go. You have to develop it, right? You also have to plant seeds like, oh, what was that? A little seed there. What's going to happen with that? I agree with you on that. Um, I'm just tired of succession. I don't know why. I just lost a little interest. I'll still watch it because I'm a jerk. Um, The other show that I discovered um, is a show. It's called uh, Lucky Hank on AMC. Have you seen this one? With, I think, America's most interesting actor on the planet right now, Bob Odenkirk. Uh, Great in Breaking Bad. Tremendous and uh, last call, uh, call better, call uh, better call Saul. Uh, he's quirky on this one. This show is really, de- I, I mean, I think it's funny. I don't know where the hell it's going. I'm enjoying it very much so. And I'm glad to see he's in good health. He had a heart attack on the set. Now he's okay. Um, there's also another show on Apple Plus, and I'm going to blow the title. It's, a, it's about this. Uh, what the hell? Is that? You know what? I'm getting old. It's about this machine. You go into like a deli to get lottery tickets and food, and there's a machine. You put a quarter in, and it tells you what your potential is. And they don't know how the machine got there. The guy who owns the store is like, oh, somebody dropped it off, and I thought it'd be fun. But it like freaks the town out because like, like, in other words, your potential could be like for you, you might put it in, it might say podcaster, right? Or it may say media uh, conglomerate which means that, you know, chop sports and you're going to become a big thing. Or it may say like bartender, which means like what you got going on, that's going to go the other way. Uh, you you know, you've already, your potential is yeah like homeless, right? Exactly. Right. So, but it's not as I'm exaggerating the way they do it, but it really freaks the people out. Except the, the, the one guy is kind of a holdout. He's against it. Uh, but I have no idea where the show show's going. I think it's called the last, not the last, 
I forget what it's. I can't believe I'm blowing the name, but it's a uh, it's a really interesting show. So now uh, the question is: is like, it's just potential. You could always exceed it, or is it like it's capped? Like, uh, no, this is it. I, for you you know what? I'm only three episodes in. I'll see where it goes. I'll, I'll, I'll keep you posted on it. But it's definitely a different kind of show. And a show maybe you can watch with your girlfriend here at Shade. Um, I know that's important. Uh, one last thing. We're going to keep this show under an hour, if you can believe that. Um, just want to update people on Beer League. That I caught some shit online. Where's Beer League? March 30th, March 30th. I just want to be clear. It's now called Beer League, the series. Okay? Uh, it's going to air on social media. Means Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Dinner, all that shit. Um, and you'll know all about it when I'm ready to launch. We ran into a legal thing, and then we had a creative issue with how we were going to release it. We were going to make it maybe one pilot, and this, that, and the other thing. And I decided to stick with my guns. Is let's just throw some stuff out there with Beer League and see if we can have some fun. It's called Beer League, the series now. That's a legal issue. Um, and also, uh, we should literally, um, I'm hoping by next week we can kind of get the legal thing because they don't want us to put something out. I will tell you this, and I love my legal staff that I have helping me out. Big shout out to Mitch Hollander. Really? I got a lawyer. That's a great guy, pickleball player, friend of mine, and now a friend of mine. And he's, he's a big time lawyer and he just has a goofy interest in beer league. I can't explain it. Uh, and he's been wonderful with me helping us out. I mean, his guy, you know, he's one of those, I don't know, thousand dollar an hour guy you know what I mean? in new york city that kind of stuff um and he's helping us out uh and uh but i'm gonna go to a certain point with this doing it the right way making sure everybody knows and all the legal stuff you know what chris it's the internet man eventually i'm just gonna be like you know what i'm, I'm putting them out sorry what are they gonna what are they, what are they gonna sue me i'll take them down they're gonna sue me for what uh Income uh, from beer league, it, it just, there's nothing yeah. there. They, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, five pounds of shit in a two pound bag. Um, but I, I don't want to do it that way. I am trying not to. Uh, and uh, and Artie is not involved yet, of course, but his character is. Ralph Macho is not involved yet, but his character is. Uh, and everybody else on the show. So I know I'm going to get a lot of backlash when I go when it comes on the air. When I put it out, people are just going to hate it because Artie and Ralph aren't in it. Really, Artie, Ralph, you know. Uh, you don't think of Ralph in that. So that's the situation. I promise you I'll, you, I'll be blasting it all over social media. So don't forget now, go fund me, Evelyn Strong. Throw a few dollars, anything you can. Read the story. I guarantee if you read the story, you'll donate 10 bucks. Um, I want to wish everybody a happy Easter. Um, uh, and a, and, a, and a, if you're going away, a happy Easter week and all that stuff. Uh, I want to really send out give a shout out to my buddy, Mark Margagliata um, for uh, just been a good friend and a lot of ways and, um, and talking me off the shelf with Rutgers stuff. We, that's most 80% of our conversation is Rutgers football and basketball. So you can imagine how depressing that is. <clears throat> and also I want to send a shout out to my family and friends. Uh, it's been an interesting couple of weeks for me for many reasons of which I can't get into detail with. But I want to send a nice shout out to especially my sister and my mom uh, and my daughter and uh, my brother, of course, and some close friends uh, and my nephews. Uh, and uh, I just want to say you guys have been great. And uh, I've been trying to be good to you, too, for the situations that you're in. And I just want to give a big shout out to my family because, you know, without your close family, you, uh, you know, tell you the truth. 
Well, you got health first and family second and uh, podcast third. No, um, but just a big shout out to my uh, to my friends and family. You know who you are. And also another shout out, a good friend of my mom's, uh, my dad's really, mom and dad's, from Springwood and Colonia, Arlene Grinnell. Um, she passed away. My that dad was, my was on teacher. the Yeah, my dad was on the uh, Springwood board with her. Grinnell passed away? Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. She's, uh, she taught family. every single one of the kids in my family. No question yeah. about it. Uh, school 27, maybe? Was that where you were? Or I don't know. 27. Anyway, yeah. she uh, And I'm friends with all her kids and all that. And uh, a couple of friends of mine also married one of the girls and have grandkids, all that stuff. And she was really sweet. A lot of fun. She came to my shows, her husband, another good guy. He's still around. Um, I wasn't able to get to the services. Um, and uh, my dad had a lot of fun. She was a straight lady and she uh, helped out with, she did a lot of work for Springwood as did my dad, but they were like partners in crime. And sometimes I think my dad, when it came to the business side of Springwood, would have to whisper like, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> my dad just wanted to build picnic tables and make sure the place was clean and neat. But uh, Arlene Grinnell, longtime friend of the family, passed away. God bless her and her family. And uh, that's it. Uh, and uh, also um, a, uh, another friend of mine's a child, uh, child, son passed away uh, from Ramsey. I don't want to give the name out because I didn't really talk to him about it, but uh, he died young at 33. And um, I, um, uh, I wish you, I'm just thinking about you guys, man. That sucks. So this show has some serious topics in it, Christopher. Uh, I think I want to go more in that direction. I want to do more. Well, I'm always going to do sports because that's <clears> part of me. I want to do more ball breaking stuff, but also if there's a serious topic and I'm not talking about the events that are occurring probably right now in Manhattan, I mean, there's uh, nothing more serious than a Geronimo Barroa giving Jose Canseco a, a horse pill. On right. A, and, 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 and with Jerry, and listen, my show goes from funerals to Jerry Morales to, uh, Geronimo Barroa to Jose Canseco. And, uh, I wore this sweatshirt today, um, because it has a special meaning for me today. Oh, and my daughter did unbelievable at her dance competition. Her solo is beautiful. Uh, she's really coming around. I loved it. Nat, I loved every moment of it. And uh, that's it. Christopher, I'm signing off. The Jimmy Plumbo Show. That's right. With your host, Jimmy Plumbo and Chris Gucci. Peace out. Peace out.